So today we're going to start a new series that we're going to go through for the next couple of weeks uh, called Spoiler Alert. Spoiler Alert. Maybe you're looking at it, you're going, is that what that says? Yeah, Spoiler Alert. The E is backwards, you know, it's a little, little fancy and the I is an exclamation point and whatever, but Spoiler Alert, we're going to look at it over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be looking at uh, the Bible and Scripture and looking at not just the New Testament and, and what it says about Jesus and the Gospels, but we're going to be actually looking at the Old Testament and all the prophecies that were fulfilled through Christ's birth and Christ's life. Because you actually, without even reading through the, the, the Gospels, you can learn about Jesus' life from the prophecies and what were told about him in the Old Testament. So that's where this idea of spoiler alert comes from, is what was told about him in the Old Testament and then fulfilled through his life and his birth in the New Testament. So one of my favorite things about reading through the Bible is we can read the same story over and over again, and there's just more that we can learn. There's more that we explore. There's more the Holy Spirit uh, uh, reveals to us and illuminates to us as we read it over and over and over again. A new insight, a new perspective, a new word from when the Holy Spirit comes to us. And, and that's what I'm believing over this next month as we go through this series. Next week we'll take a break because it's our, our Christmas family service and we'll have some special stuff in store for us next week as our children participate and we're looking forward to that and we're excited about that, but we, 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 we're looking forward to this series as we look at the Old Testament prophecies and how they, they foretold of Jesus coming and how it fits into the Christmas story. So every year I try to take us through the Christmas story from a different little angle. And this year, as I said, we're going to look through the Old Testament prophecy that Jesus fulfilled as the coming Messiah. Let's begin with prayer this morning. Father, again, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you did in sending your son to this earth. To not only be the perfect example for us to follow, but in being the sacrifice that could bring us back to you. As sin separated us, your son's death and resurrection brought us back to you again. And we thank you for that, Lord, and we remember that. The Lord Especially in this season, we remember what you did in sending your son and the love that you had for us. And so, Lord, help us to remember that this season, all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. One of our favorite, but yet sometimes most challenging parts about the Christmas season can sometimes be spending time with our family, right? We kind of talked about this last week a little bit, even with Thanksgiving, because Sometimes with holidays, sometimes part of the craziness of it all is, is the family time. Because how many of us, family is, is, is it can be chaotic and it kind of resembles the, the whole National Lampoon's Christmas vacation thing, right? We've all seen that movie and like sometimes our family, it, it can kind of look like that a little bit. Where it's just a little bit chaotic. And I want to share a crazy story from my family and my Christmas that helps you just see a little bit of maybe what I'm talking about and some of you maybe can relate in certain ways. So when I was six years old, we were at my grandma and grandpa's house like we always are for Christmas Eve every year. And all of a sudden my parents tell us, we knew that they were pregnant and they were expecting their fifth and final child, but all of a sudden they dropped this bombshell on us that they were having a girl. All four of us were boys. 
And all of a sudden, they were having a girl. I remember all four of us boys looking at each other going, uh-oh. We didn't know if we could handle having a girl in the house. Right? We're four boys. We're rough. We, we, we just we didn't know if we could handle having a girl around the house. And here we are, you know, 24, 25 years later, and everything turned out just fine. My sister's survived. She's fine. She's, she's a feminine young lady, and everything is wonderful. But in that moment, that Christmas Eve at my grandma and grandpa's house, all of a sudden everything was like, whoa. That Christmas Eve was different than every other Christmas Eve we ever had at my grandma and grandpa's house. Because of that news that we received, and it just, the whole dynamic that night was different because we were processing something that was like, this is going to change our lives forever. Just like the birth of Jesus forever changed each of our lives. Your family may be amazing. Maybe your family's a hot mess. Maybe it's a train wreck. But regardless, I have good news for you today. You and I get to be a part of the family of God because of what happened, as I said, through the birth of Jesus and that first Christmas night in Bethlehem. So let's open up our Bibles this morning because I want to show you why. And I could have, I could have had a big branch up here on the tree, on the stage, but I'm going to use the example of our Christmas tree that's sitting over here. We're going to use this Christmas tree as our illustration this morning. We're going to look at some, some Christmas spoilers, some Old Testament prophecies that were, were shown and, and, and shared in the Old Testament that you may not be familiar with. But remember, the Bible wasn't all written at one time, right? God didn't, he didn't, he didn't inspire the whole word to be written at one time. It was written over the course of thousands of years through multiple different authors. Throughout the Old Testament, over the course of hundreds of years, prophets foretold that a Messiah would be born to come and he would save the world. On Christmas, it all came true. This is the cool stuff. There's a lot of scripture, so hang on this morning. You may not be able to necessarily turn to every piece of scripture, but as always, it'll be on the screen behind me as well. Prophecies from the Old Testament that the Messiah would be born as a child. We'll look at some of the Old Testament prophecies, and then we'll look at how they were fulfilled in the New Testament. So the first one, Isaiah chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. So those are a couple of the Old Testament prophecies. Check out, this is a fulfillment of those prophecies in the New Testament from Luke chapter 2, verse 11. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now this is the prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So you're thinking, why, why Bethlehem? Of all the cities in Israel, why Bethlehem? Micah. Chapter 5, verse 2 says this, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, 
are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. And then again, the fulfillment from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, says Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. So this is a prophecy, again, fulfilled. Now if we go back again, 1,200 years in the Old Testament, before Jesus' birth, it was, it was prophesied that the Messiah would come out of the family line of the tree of Judah. 1,200 years before, all the way back in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. We read this, Genesis 49, verse 10, it says this, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. Right? So we got the first book of the Bible, Genesis, we find this prophecy about Jesus coming out of the line of Judah. And now in Matthew, we find the fulfillment. Chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, it reads, This is the record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. And I've got a few more here that I'm going to share with you this morning. Here are some of the prophecies from the Old Testament hundreds of years earlier that the Messiah would come more specifically, not just from Judah, but out of the family line of David specifically. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of the ancestor David for all of eternity. In Jeremiah 33, verses 15 and 16, it says this, In those days and at that time, I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety, and this will be its name, the Lord is our righteousness. One more, Isaiah 11, verse 1. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And here's the fulfillment. Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, and verse 6. Again, this is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Jesse was the father of King David. Acts 13, verses 22 and 23. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. Wow, isn't it cool when we look at all these prophecies that were foretold hundreds and even over a thousand years before Jesus was even born, are fulfilled through Jesus' birth. Jesus was foretold. The Jews knew that the Messiah or Christ would come one day to make all the wrong things right, but they didn't know who it was going to be. And those spoilers that I shared with you were only a handful of 
the hundred, over hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament that confirmed that Jesus was the Messiah that the Jews had anxiously been waiting for. Jesus was a part of the amazing family tree. But how many of you know that you and I, we are included in that same family tree with Christ. We're invited to be a part of the family tree with God. But here's the tension. It hasn't always been that way though, right? Before Jesus was born in Bethlehem and eventually died upon the cross in Jerusalem, we didn't get to be a part of the family of God. You see, we were separated from God because of our sin. The sin in our life traces all the way back to Adam and Eve. The first people created. And this cancer of sin had spread to everything and everyone by then. There was no cure before Jesus was born. There were only band-aids. Right? People would bring sacrifices into the temple, into the priests. But they weren't able to come before the Lord themselves. And here's an example that I found from a pastor who recently posted this online. And it's an illustration that fits perfectly with what we're talking about here. And here's the illustration. This pastor's one-year-old daughter had a genetic disorder called crater Willie syndrome. There is no cure or medicine to treat it. Because of this debilitating genetic disease, she will always feel like she is starving for the rest of her life, no matter how much food she eats. And don't you know this pastor would do anything he could to cure his daughter? He does everything he can to raise funds for her research. If there was a cure, he would sell his home, he would sell his cars, he would sell all their phones, sell all their clothes, except for the one outfit they needed to wear, if it meant curing his daughter Eden. And don't you know that this pastor's father's heart so wishes he could take on feeling the hunger pains and all the hurts that his daughter feels every moment because of this disease that she's riddled. That's what sin did to us. It separated us from God. And there wasn't a cure for it until Jesus came, was born, and eventually died and resurrected. This is what the message of Christmas is all about. God, who was rich in mercy and love, brought himself down to earth through his son Jesus to be our healer. He put on skin and bone, and he humbled himself to be born as an innocent baby in a feeding trough meant for barnyards. Jesus gave up everything to cure us. He gave up heavenly comfort to enter our world as a baby only in his 33rd year of life, to willingly take on our sin and our sickness and the disease of this world to die for us. He died the death that you and I deserve in our place so that we could become a part of the family of God, that we could be grafted into 
the family of God. And you know what? Even though our blood doesn't come from the line of Judah or David, when Jesus was born on this earth 2,000 years ago, he made a way for us to be grafted into the family of God, to be grafted into God's family tree. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved, that you get to be a part of the family of God. Ephesians 2, verses 12 and 13 say this, In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of So what does this all mean to us today? 2,000 years after Jesus' birth and his death, his resurrection, what does this mean to us? We've talked about different prophecies and, and what it means to be grafted into the family of God. You're sitting here going, I thought this was a Christmas series, Pastor Micah. What I want you to walk away with today is this idea. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. So I've got some questions this morning. Are you feeling hopeless? Have you had a promise broken? Is your life in chaos? Is your life in confusion? Do you feel emptiness, anxiety, depressed, lonely? Anger, fear, are you dealing with disease, caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, you feeling exhausted, are you sick of striving for perfection, do you feel like a failure? These prophecies fulfilled in Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection proves that God is with you. God is with you, and God keeps his promises. He promised to send us a Messiah in the Old Testament, and he kept his promise in coming to earth on Christmas Day. God is with us. He is close to us. He is our peace. He is our cure, and he will always keep his promises. As I close this morning, I want to read a part of the Christmas story to you this morning. And let the truth about our promise keeper, God, soak into your heart this morning. He is our promise keeper, and you're not alone. This morning I thought about the idea of, of having a gift wrap label sitting up here on the altar, a bunch of them, and, and having the opportunity for everyone who would like to come forward 
who has a relationship with the Lord put their name on it and put it on the tree as a representation of how we've been grafted into the family of God. Because that's what we've been. As we have a relationship with God, we've been grafted into the family of God. That's what Scripture tells us. We're all members of the family of God. And it all happened as a result of Jesus' birth, his death, his resurrection. I want to read from Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18 this morning. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she had given birth to his son. And he gave him the name Jesus. God keeps his promises. And again this morning, as I said, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're walking through right now. Maybe someone has broken a promise. And that has put you in a really difficult place right now. Maybe you're walking in a place of confusion. You're walking in a place of Emptiness or loneliness or anger, fear, anxiety, depression, exhausted, hopelessness this morning. Or maybe you're sitting in here this morning and you're going, you know what? I've never asked the Lord into my heart. And I don't have a relationship with him. And I'd like to start that. I'd like to come into the family of God. I'd like to be grafted into the family of God. And this morning, I want to make that decision. I want to give you that opportunity. And so this morning, what I'm going to ask is, is with every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody looking around this morning, we want to give an opportunity for you to make that decision this morning. And so if that's you this morning, all I'm simply going to ask you to do is, is place your hand up in the air. You can put it right back down. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or do anything else. But that's you this morning. You're saying, you know what? I'd like to make that decision where I, 
I want to walk in a relationship with the Lord. Amen. those who responded this morning and those who have ever responded before, I want to ask you to repeat after me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to be the perfect example for me to follow to die for my sins. I give my life to you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.